live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95-7 the game, leading up until 6 o'clock is the morning roast. We'll take you until 10, and of course you are listening to 95-7 the game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco and Odyssey Station. Now, I want you to hit up the text line at 888-957-9570 or the phone line if you want to call in with a take on this. Godzilla versus Kong, who you got? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. As my voice cracks on the way in, last week it was supposed to come out, but then it was delayed. And today, the release of Godzilla versus Kong. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We're gonna go the entire hour on it. No, we're not. But if you want to weigh in, you can. I'm just saying that the commercial for this movie. I haven't been this excited just from seeing a commercial in a very, very long time. The most recent I can think of is This is the End with Seth Rogen and James Franco and Danny McBride and all of those guys. I was really excited for that movie uh, when it came out, uh, when the commercials were coming out, because it's like, oh, my God, all the all the stars from my favorite you know, late 2000s movies are all convening for this one final movie at the end. And it ended up being a little bit of a disappointment. But I don't think Godzilla vs. Kong will turn into that. So AAA 957-9570, if you want to weigh in, who you got? Godzilla versus Kong. All right. But we do have some actual stuff to get to. Uh, We had the pro days of Justin Fields and Mac Jones at the same time yesterday. That's about as fun as pro day Twitter can get. I could not stop laughing during the pro days yesterday. Because, Because you had them going on at the same time. And Justin Fields is built like this Greek god. You know, running with his shirt off, and he ran a four 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 forty, whatever. There's too many fours to count, but an incredibly fast forty. It was a four four four, but it was a great forty for a quarterback, and he looks the part. And then you got Mac Jones, who lifts up his shirt to wipe some sweat off his brow, and everyone is complaining, saying, "Mac Jones, don't know if you need to be showing uh, that." non-six-pack that you have there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just the differences in reaction, especially seeing how everything played out yesterday, as we'll continue to discuss the draft going forward, but the pro days, man, it's just we were overreacting to way too much, <laughs> but it was too well, It was just, oh, it was so well, It was just so funny watching everybody overreact to Mac Jones because you had all these analysts come out. You had Booger McFarlane yesterday saying on the morning roast that everyone he's talked to so far heard that Mac Jones is the guy. Daniel Jeremiah, popular NFL uh, NFL Network reporter, very plugged in on the draft. 
he said that Mac Jones, that's what he's hearing. It's the an overwhelming amount of people that he talks to, people that you can trust, say that they traded up so they could get Mac Jones with the number three pick. And then you had the pro days. And I think 49er fans, uh, I think 49er fans officially made their decision just based on that yesterday. And for the 510, it's a trailer, not a commercial, Steven. Sorry. My bad. It is a trailer. You're correct. You're correct. All right. Sorry. Godzilla vs. Kong has one of the most exciting trailers that I've seen in a very long time. But you didn't answer my question, damn it. Who are you taking? Godzilla versus Kong. Come on. There's an order here to the pregame show. Uh, but before we get to everything with uh, Mac Jones and, and Justin Fields, and you'll hear from Booger McFarland. He had some really good stuff to say yesterday uh, on the morning roast. But let's give you a quick update with college basketball as Gonzaga was Gonzaga against USC. Gonzaga is one of the most... I. <laughs> We're not talking about them as kind of that villain, which is what you'd expect from that sort of team. Now, Jalen Suggs is an absolute beast, but those two dudes they got with the headbands and, you know, the way that they are on the court. In college basketball, whenever there's an undefeated team uh, like that, or at least haven't been defeated since, what, February 22nd of 2020 uh, was what was on the screen yesterday. But how we're not looking at them as villains or more of the villains, I don't know. Maybe it's just because if it was Duke, it'd be an entirely different story. But because it's Gonzaga and because we're in a COVID-19 related season, I guess people just don't uh, care as much. But Gonzaga just strolled past uh, USC to make it to the Final Four. However, UCLA and Michigan was a little more interesting. Dickinson is going to inbound. Takes the basketball. Dickinson looking. Fires it in. Bocker turns. Fires a three for the win. No good. Off the back of the rim. And UCLA has won it from the first four to the final four. UCLA 51, Michigan 49 for the 19th time in school history. The first since 2008. The Bruins are going to the final four. UCLA, the 11th seed, beating the number one seed, Juwan Howard's uh, Michigan, to make it to the Final Four. So now how it is set, we got number one Baylor versus number two Houston on Saturday, while we got number one Gonzaga against number 11 UCLA. And, you know, Houston and Baylor, it's a toss-up, but it looks like we could be having a national championship uh, with two number ones in the tournament here. I think Baylor and Gonzaga are both going to be facing off against each other, and it's going to be a, a very good matchup. I haven't watched a ton of college basketball uh, this past season, but been keeping up plenty with March Madness, and those two teams um, are a lot of fun to watch and are absolutely deserving uh, to to make it there. I just wish UCLA or excuse me USC would have given uh, Gonzaga a little bit more of a fight. I think those Mobley brothers, uh, Isaiah and Evan, are a ton of fun to watch, but. Not only did we have the Final Four uh, for the men's, we had it for the women's as well. And I just wanted to play this audio for you uh, because we got Stanford. We got Stanford going to the Final Four, which is awesome. Uh, but Baylor and UConn were playing. And 
listen to this call for Baylor here as they were going up there down by one clocks ticking. they got about six seconds left and they lose on a non call listen to this listen to this sound here back to Carrington six seconds left Carrington on the drive Carrington forces it up no rebound UConn and with four tenths of a second left Williams is fouled A defensive stand from the Huskies. As Carrington couldn't find an angle inside. This is brutal. So now the final four is set uh, for the for the women's. You got South Carolina versus Stanford, two uh, number ones. While you got number three Arizona versus number one UConn, who who just beat uh, the number two ranked Baylor. But I'm. More, I'm one of those sports fans, and and if you haven't seen this, I recommend you check it out because if you are into the last second shots where it could be decided on a call, I'm normally in that camp of I don't want to end the game on a foul call, but the way that she was going up for the shot and the two defenders on UConn they both had their hands straight up, but one of them had her arm essentially in this girl Carrington's face, and somehow they didn't get the foul call. And I think that this is one of those situations that, for me, you got to call that. You got to call that. I know the stakes are high, and I know that you're leading to the final four. And if you're a ref, you don't want to call that. <laughs> you don't want to call that foul, right? You don't want to be that ref, but in this situation, in this instance, I, I think it absolutely needed to be called. And listen to their head coach, UConn's Ariema, after the game. You know that it was a bad call when the head coach is saying this. The bottom line is the, the officials did what they're what they're going to do. And if they would have said it was a foul, I'd be on the other end going, "You can't make that call. Make that call a foul." So it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and apologize for it. And if people are going to, you know, want to talk about that the rest of the week. You're welcome to do that. It's not going to change the outcome. And it's not going to make me feel bad that you, that you say it was a foul. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that right there. It's just, yeah, well, it was. We're not going to make you feel bad, but it was a foul uh, in the end. Another quick update with uh, regarding uh, what actually happened in sports. And again, Triple Eight Nine Five Seven Nine Five Seven Zero taking these all day. Godzilla versus Kong. Who you got from the five one zero? Now that you've corrected me on saying that it's a a, a trailer and not a commercial, that's my bad. Uh, from the five one zero, I'm taking Kong because he has four thumbs. I, I, <laughs> uh, for the four one five Godzilla, look, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. It's going to be a fifty fifty split, in my opinion, on the text line. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. But another rule change that was implemented to the NFL is they are going to have a seventeen game schedule, and it's going to be eighteen weeks going forward. And listen to Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner. Here's his explanation regarding the NFL's 17-game schedule. We're still within the 20-game format. That was something that was important to the NFLPA 
and that was part of the structure of our CBA. What we're looking to do here is taking the data, and actually the data, the highest rate of injury is actually in a preseason game of any of our games, even our practices. So what we're actually doing is actually following the data, following the science, to sort of make sure that we're doing things both from a health and safety standpoint as well as seeking always to, to get better in every way. And also money. <laughs> and also, we want to keep the sport uh, being popular. So there are other reasons uh, besides just in, as, as in what's in the best interest uh, of the NFL. So uh, that's what's been going on in sports as of late. Those are the updates from yesterday. Both Final Fours are set uh, for the men's and women's, and it's going to be uh, very exciting. And and I, I think that um, overall, when you got Houston at Baylor and UCLA-Gonzaga, I think it's going to end up uh, with Baylor versus Gonzaga in the final there. And then if you could see uh, Stanford beat South Carolina and then Arizona beat UConn in the NCAA women's, I think that's the outcome uh, we'd all want. Stanford versus Arizona, that'd be great. But 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. If you want to keep weighing in with uh, Godzilla versus Kong, who you got, you can feel free to weigh in on that. But coming up next, 49er fans, I want to know your reaction to yesterday. Yesterday in the morning, everything going around that the 49ers are trading up to number three to select Mac Jones. But I want to know what your reaction was when seeing the pro days from Jones or Fields. Because yesterday, I couldn't stop laughing. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Would love to hear your reaction to the pro days from yesterday. Stephen Lightfoot did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Go fast, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. That was Justin Fields at his pro day yesterday. 4-4-4-40. That's going to be so hard to say on the radio. It already is hard to say on the radio, but 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But, man, yesterday, (laughs) there was a lot because you heard from multiple people that the 49ers are interested in trading up to get Mac Jones with the third pick. And it's it's pretty amazing, actually, to to see everything that's coming out around Mac Jones. Look, I think that overall, they maybe could have gotten Mac Jones later in the draft if they are going to pick him uh, with the third overall pick. Let's just look back at Todd McShay's mock drafts 3.0. He had the 49ers taking Mac Jones, but he also had him taking them with the ninth pick. He had him trading up with the Denver Broncos uh, at the time and then taking Mac Jones with that ninth pick. So I do think, for me, it's hard to believe 
that they will be taking them with the third overall pick, and they're just saying, yeah, it's a done deal. But let's just say this. Yesterday, let's let's go to it. Oh, my goodness. The, <laughs> yesterday, so we, let, you know what? Let me just play this for you. Yesterday, we had Booger McFarland on, the morning roast. And Booger McFarland, ESPN, college football, uh, NFL analyst, and he's great. He understands, uh, he understands football. He understands schematics. He understands everything surrounding it. And he watches it closely. And he knows people. And here's what Booger McFarlane had to say uh, regarding Mac Jones. And let Booger McFarlane be a voice for a lot of the NFL draft analysts out there because this is what a lot of them are saying. By all accounts, everyone around the league in the know who I trust seem to think that the 49ers moved up from 12 to 3 to select Mac Jones. And that is just like that is just a wow for a lot of people. So you hear that. And everyone is going insane. The Morning Roast had a great show uh, talking about it yesterday and getting all your reactions. And 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in, uh, of course. But I just want to know your reactions to their pro days yesterday. Because I came into the studio, you know, all this stuff is coming out. You had Daniel Jeremiah, you had Booger McFarlane, you had... Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, who even before this trade has been just preaching for the 49ers to pick Mac Jones in the draft. And yesterday, when you see Justin Fields and you contrast that with Mac Jones, you had Justin Fields running the 4-4-4-40 and you had Mac Jones, who was lifting up his sweater, shirt, whatever it was, to wipe off his brow, to wipe the sweat off his brow, and people automatically take a photo of something for point that that lasts for point five seconds. He barely had his shirt up, and everyone is already taking a picture of it. And I know that we like to, as as sports fans, knowing that these guys get paid millions of dollars and they're doing something that we absolutely dreamed of. And they need to be in shape. They have every they have every available tool in order to be in peak physical form. And we look at that when a lot of us don't feel like we have the time. We got um, a lot of other stuff uh, that we got to take care of. And that happens within uh, every athlete's lives as well. But and we, we love to call out athletes who might seem a little bit out of shape. We gradu we 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 gravitate towards that. You know how Steph Curry we talk about his gravity on the basketball court? Right? How when he's on the floor moving off ball and even if he has the ball in his hands and he's in and, he, and you know he's on the dribble. Even if, no matter what, there's always defenders who are gravitating towards Steph. Well, think Steph and put the caption overweight athletes on Steph and imagine the fans as the defenders. Like, that's where, that's where we're at. We gravitate toward that. And we love to call them out. But my two thoughts were this. One, all right, we all need to look in the mirror. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. Are 
radio station's got a popcorn machine. I'm sitting there eating salted and buttered popcorn after the show's over at 10 o'clock watching this pro day, and I'm, like, stuffing my face with popcorn, saying, this guy, Mac Jones, look at, look at this guy's, look at this guy's, look at his stomach. Guy's out of shape. So uh, sometimes we need to look in the mirror when it comes to that. I mean, it's the same thing with James Harden, right? We love to call him out when he showed up after it was kind of mysterious what was going on with the Rockets. Then he showed up uh, looking a little overweight. We made fun of him for that, and now he's almost an MVP candidate. Uh, But that's number one. And number two, look, the dude threw 47 touchdowns to four interceptions this year. Like, He's an incredibly accurate quarterback. He put up one of the better seasons that college football had seen statistically. And if you go to the top of every statistical category, except for the deep ball accuracy, but he's still well within the top, he's at the top of every category. (laughs) And, and, And it's like, we are absolutely bagging on this dude, but I'm sitting there going, man, this guy's doing all of that when he looks like that. It's not like players can't get into shape. I guess my my whole thing is I'm not going to make a decision solely based on a pro day. Of course, Justin Fields from Ohio State looks great, and it really should be, should be the no-brainer pick. But I instantly know that if they do take Mac Jones with that third overall, People are going to be coming down on Shanahan before the season even starts and before he even gets a snap onto the field. But Justin Fields like won the hearts of every 49er fan yesterday. I mean, listen to Fields talking about this after his pro day, and he's talking about how grateful he is that Kyle Shanahan uh, even showed, or excuse me, that Kyle Shanahan's even showing an interest. Going back to the QB Collective, I remember you know Coach Shanahan being a great coach, great quarterback coach in terms of you know emphasizing to keep keeping that base in the pocket. So he's a, he's a great offensive minded coach and arguably one of the best coaches in the league. So you know it's it's just an honor and a, and a blessing to even be in that position to, to to be looked at by them. So I'm just just grateful. So you hear that and you see the four 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 forty. It's going to be such a tongue twister. And he's sculpted like a god. I mean, I mean, he had one of the more uh, everything on Twitter was popping up regarding draft scouts and them saying they're getting texts from people who are at his pro day saying it was one of the more impressive pro days that he's ever seen or that they've ever seen. And we need to keep an eye out for this guy. But in the end, it's a pro day. It, it The whole point is to look good and try and impress everyone. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's it's some I don't know why I never really thought about this beforehand. But when I saw Shanahan, Lynch, Belichick at the pro day, I'm thinking Man, that's a lot of pressure on Mac Jones right there. You know, Justin Fields is performing. He's he's doing pretty damn well, but he also doesn't have a Hall of Fame safety <laughs> as well as a GM. He doesn't have a possible future a head coach watching him head on along with the greatest coach of all time in Bell Bella, in Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest coach. I do think that the pressure was there on Mac Jones's pro day a little more, but it's still just a pro day. And Mac Jones, all the good things that he's done, I think the way that he has 
you know, look, you have these good receivers, sure, and receivers can make you look good, but a lot of the good things that you see from Mac Jones, I'm not sitting there, you know, he does have some the best wide receiver core that you might have seen in a while, but it, it you do think that when you're watching it, you're thinking, well, it's not like they're saving him from any bad throws. He's incredibly accurate. Now the deep ball needs some work, but this guy could work in Shanahan's system if he's chosen there. Now, will it be too much to give up for picking Mac Jones at number three overall when you possibly could have traded up to number nine as predicted by Todd McShay in his last mock draft? Maybe. Maybe, but in the end, I think if it's not Justin Fields nor Trey Lance then you're going to be seeing people calling for Kyle Shanahan uh, to be done as the head coach already before we even play a game in the 2021 season. Guaranteed that's how it is going to be. This is one of the most highly anticipated drafts coming up. Um, I'm really excited for it. Look, I think that there's a chance that every quarterback uh, in this draft, at least that could be drafted within the top 10. I think every quarterback that's out there um, could be pretty damn good for their football team. You know, I think a lot can, I think a lot can, uh, can go into Cal Shanahan's system. I think a lot of quarterbacks can go in there and if they master it and understand the play calls and understand everything surrounding it, I think that they can have success in Kyle Shanahan's offense. The only problem with last year, and we don't take this into account enough, it's not an excuse because injuries are never an excuse, but this dude was working with one of the most injury-riddled teams that we have ever seen in a single season. Ever. So we don't know going into next year what this team can look like with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo and then you have a rookie quarterback behind them who is just ready to get his start. I just think yesterday we were making way too much out of the pro days and we always do. You know, combines... Sure, you can have an impressive combine, and you could be incredibly athletic, but sometimes it doesn't mean bleep. And the one that I always look back on is Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe ran one of the most defensive tackle. He went to uh, he went to the Chiefs, and then he went to the Falcons, and I'm not sure where he's at now. But I think that watching that 40 and seeing how quick Don Terry Poe was, I can't even remember what the time was, but it was by far the fastest for a lineman, and everyone was watching in awe. Just because he had a fast 40 doesn't mean he's going to be successful in the NFL. Just because they have a good pro day doesn't mean that they could be successful in the NFL. Who was the pro day that I saw yesterday? Freezing cold, t- uh, freezing cold takes popped this up. There was one on Twitter. He was retweeting all of the takes from pro days in the past and there was one who was going off about christian hackenberg saying hackenberg just had one of the more impressive pro days that i've seen christian hackenberg you know so there's only so much that we can make of the pro day yesterday but there is no denying that if you do watch it fields looks like a just a damn impressive 
athlete. <laughs> he looks like a specimen. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the text line and the phone number. If you'll want to weigh in from the nine two five, remember what Tom Brady looked like at the combine. Uh, from the nine two five, Big Ben never had to be yoked. From the nine two five, in regards to the Niners taking fields. Imagine a Baltimore-level running attack with Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. And you can throw a long use check in there. And Mostert, unstoppable. And also from the 209, looks like Mac Jones hasn't had a carve in weeks. Check out those bad boys from the 510. Wasn't it a deep ball that cost the Niners a Super Bowl? Mac Jones is a decent player, but he's no Justin Fields. Put Fields under center at Alabama, and they could have probably beat an NFL team. Yeah, until the Niners get to the Super Bowl, then you need your one quarterback who can make the short, intermediate throw outside the numbers. It doesn't need to make a deep, deep throw to win the game. You know, that was a, yeah, that happened in the Super Bowl, but that shouldn't determine the decision that you make on your franchise quarterback just because of a situation that you were in in order to win the game. Everyone's saying, oh, they might need it. Well, oh, the deep ball, that's the reason they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. Those are facts. But also, that doesn't mean that's going to happen in the future Super Bowls. (laughs) You know? It could be completely different going forward. So that Super Bowl happened. That Super Bowl is the Super Bowl then. Everything could be completely different going forward. This is the NFL. The league. (laughs) Shout out to Butcher Boy. This is the NFL. The, The league changes year to year. You can't go back on a Super Bowl and say, yeah, well, they had that one play they missed in the Super Bowl, so we need to get a franchise quarterback who could throw a deep ball just in case we're in that exact same situation again. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't stand that, uh, that argument there as to who they should choose. Although, you're not wrong that he is no Justin Fields. I, I can't agree with that because there's one play that Justin Fields made last year. And it's not even a throw that he made. He actually threw an interception on this play. But it was the way that he was running back to tackle the guy who was going for a pick six. He chased him down. Now, he may have thrown the pick, and it was his fault. But the fact that he chased him down and he was able to do it using that 4-4-4-40 speed. 40 speed. And he was able to do that. I recommend you check it out if you haven't. But that just shows he has heart. He has speed. He has uh, he has that grit that you want uh, in your quarterback. It's going to be fascinating going forward to see what happens. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to continue uh, to weigh in. Still taking your submissions. Who wins, Godzilla or Kong? Since that movie is out tonight but triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero that's the text line and the phone number coming up next uh want to hear from booger mcfarland a little more on the morning roast because he brought something interesting regarding jimmy garoppolo and what's to come in the future triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number steven langford and on the pregame show 95 seven the game Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you'll want to weigh in on anything today from the 650. Kong with the one hit of KO with the knockout. 
<laughs> From the five one up. The trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong sucks. It's like Justin Fields' Pro Day. All special effects. Nobody is the movie we should be talking about. I've heard that nobody is unbelievable. I was told to watch it. Bob Odenkirk, right? Yeah, I was told that that was really good. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, how, how about a loss for words when you say the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer sucks? Like, because of the special effects and what are you looking for in it? What do you, what do you think? It's going to be a Christopher Nolan feature where he somehow doesn't use a green screen in anything? It's Godzilla vs. Kong. What, <laughs> like, what do you think is going to be in the trailer? Oh, man. It doesn't stink at all. And if you just don't like special effects, then just say you don't like special effects. Don't blame Kong versus Godzilla for your lack of special affection. Special affection. Uh, you know? Like, come on. Come on. But who are you taking? Seriously. Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. Godzilla versus Kong. Who are you taking? That movie uh, comes out tonight. Um, but... Uh, where, where I, I totally, yeah. So it's like Justin Fields Pro Day, all special effects. See, that did not come with special effects. Like that was, yeah. When he was running the four 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 forty, and he had his shirt off. Bull, bull, hey, bull. Er, that wasn't special effects. That's uh, you could. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I could. You could try. Uh, you could try special effecting that onto myself. <laughs> like it was, yeah, that was, uh, he was sculpted. He was very sculpted. And I think that looking at those two pro days right there, Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, which is what I've been talking about for the past 15 minutes, um, I think you could, uh, easily gauge the 49er fan base and thinking, if you take this dude, if you take this dude, Mac Jones, when you got Booger McFarlane here, who gave the update with the morning roast, and not only is it Booger McFarlane, it's a lot of other uh, NFL insiders here. So let Booger McFarlane uh, speak for these people who are putting Mac Jones into the conversation. By all accounts, everyone around the league in the know who I trust seem to think that the 49ers moved up from 12 to 3 to select Mac Jones. And that is just like that is just a wow for a lot of people. So you hear that and. It's not only Booger McFarlane who says he's here and stuff. You got Daniel Jeremiah. You got everyone on ESPN talking about it. But I'm just going to say, like, if they feel that he is worth the three first-rounders and the third-round pick as well, the two future first-rounders, the first-rounder this year and and the the third-rounder too, and they think that Mac Jones is the answer, then they clearly see something in Mac Jones that we are not seeing. Something that they feel they can work with. And again, I don't know how you can gauge this, but this is something, this is going to be my broken record take up until the draft comes along. And there's no way that you can gauge this sort of thing but it is how the player handles the pressure. You know, let's just let's just have a hypothetical here. We're saying Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick, and Zach Wilson from BYU, that's the number two. It's a done deal. It's those two going at the top. 
Well, if they shake things up and at number one, let's just say the Jaguars are invested in a guy like Zach Wilson, then I don't know. Maybe they pick him at number one overall. I mean, the Jets don't like Trevor Lawrence. They let him fall, and you get Trevor Lawrence at number three. I mean, you could have that situation. You never know uh, what can happen in the. Uh, you never know what can happen in this draft, and I, I, I think that overall, it's going to be fascinating to see going forward. But you can't tell whether it's Trey Lance out of North Dakota State whether it's Mac Jones out of Alabama or Justin Fields out of Ohio State, you're not going to be able to tell which player can handle the most pressure. It's a lot. It's a lot for a rookie. And, for example, Justin Herbert, you know, he came in, didn't expect to be the starter with the Chargers. Kind of was just told last second from, uh, uh, oh, why is his name uh, escaping me? He was told from Anthony Lynn, Essentially, as he was in the locker room, that he's like, hey, I'm going to start you right now because Tyrod Taylor's hurt and he's had some issues with the doctors, so we need you to come in. There wasn't much pressure there. And now, with the second year under his belt, there's going to be a little more for him, knowing that he's going to be the franchise guy, but he seems pretty uh, even-keeled at this point. But he also didn't have two future first-rounders and a third-rounder traded for him while also being traded up nine picks worth. He didn't have that pressure. So I wonder which quarterback can handle that. Because as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, as soon as he has that game where even if the 49ers still win, Jimmy Garoppolo has like a a one-touchdown, three-interception day, but the 49ers still won just based off their rushing attack, 49er fans are going to be calling for that rookie. And the pressure that is going to be there, I just, you know, I I personally think that weighs in on a young quarterback. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's nothing we need to, uh, you know, maybe it's nothing I need to even make any sense about. But, you know, maybe it's a non-factor. But to me, I do think that the weight of a franchise being on a rookie quarterback's shoulders, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it, it might be overwhelming at first. Let's just take Josh Allen, for example. You know, sure, maybe he came in as an inaccurate quarterback who just had that incredibly strong arm and had the athleticism. Hell, I was on here saying a couple of years ago that Josh Allen uh, is the best running back in the NFL because he was a dual threat. But a couple of years down the line, pressure's a little off, and now he's an MVP candidate. So I think that we need, whoever it is, we need to have some patience. Uh, But Booger McFarlane. Booger McFarlane was on with the Morning Roast yesterday, ESPN college football analyst. And, of course, uh, you knew him from Monday Night Football and the Boogermobile, uh, which was awesome. But he was great yesterday uh, on the Morning Roast. And not only did he say he wasn't convinced that Lawrence is the number one overall pick, he thinks that Zach Wilson would be the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's uh, system. But if Zach Wilson doesn't fall to number three, I mean, he didn't choose Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones. I did find that to be very interesting. But he also said this uh, regarding Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think this is something that we need to pay attention to. To me, the question is, does Jimmy go in at some point 
and say, hey, why are we delaying the inevitable? I know I'm not going to be here next year. Why not go ahead and make the move right now? It's kind of like the guy that says I'm retiring at the end of the season. Well, mentally he's already retired, so why not go ahead and do it now? Or the couple that says, you know what, we should get a divorce, let's, but let's wait to see if it kind of works itself out. No, you go ahead and do it now because usually, not all the time, but usually once you've decided that, it's going to happen. So to me, that's the question. When does Jimmy get tired of just being the stopgap? And I know he's paid a lot of money to be the stopgap. But when does he say, I want to move on with my career because I know based on where you've moved up in the draft, based on who you're drafting at three, I'm not going to be here in 2022. So why not allow me to go ahead and start the rest of my career? Now, even though we have a 17-game schedule this year, they're taking one preseason game off and uh, just giving the teams a, a, a another game, essentially, for a ton of different reasons. Um, but I do wonder, and when I heard this yesterday from Booger, I'm thinking, I mean, from the 6-5-0, I gave you the UCLA shout-out at the beginning of the show. You just weren't listening in time. Do you... I'll play the highlight for you in five minutes. Give me a give me a second here. I'm making a point. Uh, but Booker McFarland, when he mentioned Garoppolo there, I just wonder what his attitude's like right now. Kyle Shanahan said in that press conference that Garoppolo's pissed off, which could be a good thing um, because he plays well when he's angry. And let's just go back to that 2019 season and think that after those interceptions, remember those numbers, uh, the 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 drive after every interception that he had, which was, I think, like 13 that season. Um, but he was lights out on the drives after interceptions. Um, so that does say something, I think, about Garoppolo and who he is. But I wonder, going forward into the season, and, and, and Booger has an interesting point, not necessarily before it starts, because I think he knows that he's a starter going into it. But if the season's coming around and he's seeing the 49er fans turn on him. How long is it going to take for Shanahan to pull the plug and say, all right, we're done? That is my concern going into this year if you're going to be starting Jimmy Garoppolo, regardless of who you take with the backup quarterback. It's clear, and as Booger mentioned, that it's clear that you – are not going to be with Garoppolo going in 2022, even though he's under contract. Like, you're going to be going with a rookie quarterback. If Garoppolo wanted, he could just he could just stay on the team and be a backup for 20-plus million. I mean, even though they would be taking up a ton, of, uh, a ton of salary cap space and the 49ers would be cutting them. But I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy. But I wonder, though, going into the year, how long will it take for Kyle Shanahan to say, no, Jimmy's not the guy anymore. Will it be like a Band-Aid, like you just got to rip it off? Or is it going to be at the point where you're playing three, four close games to start the year, and then, I mean, you lose two in a row, you lose three in a, in a row? Like, what is the leash that Kyle Shanahan is going to be given to Jimmy uh, to Jimmy G to be the starter going into this season? And I think that that'd be the biggest concern because every game matters. And toward the second half of the year, if you're going in there with a rookie quarterback, then you end up kind of running the risk of being like the Miami Dolphins. 
you know, and bringing in Tua Tonga Villaloa, and it's a completely different situation uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter over there, and he wasn't expected or paid to be their franchise guy. But when Tua Tonga Villaloa came in, you know, it's it's not like he won them games. They had a really good defense last season, and they also have really good coaching as well. But if you're bringing in a rookie quarterback, I, I do think that you're showing that the season is kind of starting to not go your way and you have to bring in something new. And you just got to hope that that backup can maybe get you some more wins. Like, that is my only concern. And I believe you can start Garoppolo going into the 2021 season. I, I do absolutely believe you can. But I think that if you do make the change to the rookie then I think that shows your season is not going too well. Because, look, if they're winning games, <laughs> if they're winning games, Kyle Shanahan's not going to care uh, who's under center. If they're winning games, that means the guy under center is doing something right. Despite any of these overthrows that you might see, you know, if he overthrows Kyle Juszczyk on a wheel route down the sideline, <laughs> like, you know how... How, how how nuts fans are going to be. It's just like Nick Mullins! <laughs> you know? But to me, if you're bringing in the rookie quarterback, that shows that your season's not going too well. And, you know, it's not like necessarily you're punting the season but at, at all. But to me, it just shows that if your quarterback isn't winning your football games and you're going to take him out, that's just going to show that they are on a losing skid there. And that's not what you want to do in 2021. That's not what you want to do in any season. You know, the best outcome that you can possibly have is showing that this team can be a playoff team again within the NFC West. And even though Garoppolo played well, you feel like there could still even be an upgrade at that position. And then you move forward in 2022 and beyond. And whoever it is, Fields, Jones, Wilson, I'll even put Wilson in there, Trey Lance. I, I just think that, you know, that's the best possible scenario. I mean, if you're if you're expecting the outcome of putting in the backup quarterback uh, this year, then I think that that shows the season is not exactly going too well. Uh, <laughs> from the 650, watch the attitude. I love you too. Everything's okay. Didn't mean it. Come in for a social distance hug. All right. Okay, 650. <laughs> that's, that's the good vibes I need at 555 uh, in the morning. From the 510, I could see Wack Jones sitting and learning the complex offense of Kyle, but I can't see the talent of Fields uh, being on the bench. From the 650, Niners could have gotten number two with that trade package and locked in Zach Wilson, hoping the Jets select an O-lineman at number two uh, so Wilson can fall on our lap. From the 510, I'd take Mac Jones. For also from the 510, you guys sound like, oh, this is, oh, so this is a continuation from your text. Okay. You guys sound like idiots. Well, there's no guys here. It's just me. Uh, you sound like it. You, you sound like an idiot. I'll, I'll, I'll sing your eyes that for you. Being sculpted and running a 4440. <laughs> I mean, it's just so many fours. Bull, bull, hey, bull. Running a 4440 doesn't make you a good quarterback. They said the same thing about Brady. No, it absolutely does not make you a good quarterback. It does not. That's not what we're saying at all. But when you are just looking at the two contrasts and you're seeing the one guy who the 49ers are rumored to take at number three and you're seeing him lift up his shirt 
and show a stomach that doesn't have a six-pack while Justin Fields is running a 40, and he's doing it with the sculpted shirtless body, then yes, you could be looking at that thinking, "Ah, I might be changing my tune here. But again, I'll reset with what I said earlier. I looked at that. I looked at Mac Jones, and I saw the stomach when he lifted his shirt for the brow, saw the gut, and I'm thinking, damn, he just had one of the best seasons in college football history playing like that. Imagine what it can be like if he gets in shape. <laughs> we, we we always do this. We act like football players can't come back stronger. We act like, oh, yeah, that's what they're going to look like for the rest of their careers. I mean, come on. It's just, I get it. It's more exciting having Fields or Lance just because of their athleticism, the fact that they are kind of keeping up with the times, as far as quarterbacks go, and you know, there's a dual threat guys who can make plays outside of the pocket. But Mac Jones is a, he, I mean, he had a damn good season. I don't think that, uh, I, look, I don't think, even if he doesn't fall to the Niners and they do get Fields or Lance, I don't even think Mac Jones is going to have a bad career in the NFL. I think he could actually play pretty well. I mean, let's just look at Joe Burrow, for example. You know, it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but the accuracy that he showed when he was with LSU, it translated pretty well to a Cincinnati Bengals team. I wouldn't be that mad if they took Mac Jones with number three, but it is kind of questionable when you're looking at those two pro days and you're looking at a side-by-side and you're thinking, yeah, I don't know if they traded three first-rounders and a third-rounder in order to pick up the guy who just doesn't seem to have any sort of abs at all. (laughs) But I'm telling you, it's impressive. That's very impressive. Um, Coming up next, Brock Heward coming up at 635. Going to get us a little insight on the morning roast as well as Darrell Wright at 815. Right or wrong, uh, that's just the greatest game in radio. Can't wait to hear that at 815. But Godzilla versus Kong. I think right now it's a 50-50 split. People have it being a no decision. In my opinion, if I had to, I'd take King Kong. But that's just me. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. The Morning Roast with Kate Scott, Bonte Hill, and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. Coming up next.